0: anon has tweeted a little bit about this that like derek chauvin and george like derek chauvin and george floyd's history together before yeah
1: i don't know a ton about this murder but yeah they were bouncers
0: together right yeah they were bouncers together and like i don't know i don't even know what the theory would be but that they were uh yeah that it was a premeditated murder that had to do with like them being involved in counterfeiting together and derek chauvin like killing him to uh yeah, to prevent him from being a witness or anything, huh? No, I. Or to like kill a business partner that yeah, you know right. that's like illegal business. Yeah, one less cut. Yeah, um, but I don't. I I'm not endorsing that theory. I have no clue. But yeah, I have no they, idea. They definitely did have a history together that has not really been reported on right. thoroughly. Yeah, that could suggest that it is in fact a premeditated murder. Totally. Yeah. Very freaky. Yeah. Yeah, I think Netflix took down Chris Lilly's TV shows. Whoa. Yeah. There was a thing of, like, HBO Max taking down Gone with the Wind. What? I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Hold on, let me look it up, because I have HBO Max. I've been watching Aqua Teen Hunger Force on there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was ever on there, but it's definitely not on there now. Have you ever seen Gone with the Wind?
0: No. Um. I would never do something like that.
1: <laughs> you take responsibility. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have.
1: Uh I've seen most of it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it all the way through. It's a fascinating movie. Um
0: Yeah, I imagine.
1: It's like cuz it's a fantasy of the old south. Right. So it like a fantasy movie. It is kind of stunning. It's sort of like I describe it as like Lord of the Rings with slavery. Mm. And so there are all these amazing scenes where, you know, the dialogue is so maudlin and, uh, you know, the decorations. Uh, it, you know, we just watched uh, To Catch a Thief at home and it, just the sets are just not as impressive now, I think. Uh, they look kind of theatery and run down. But there are these amazing shots of like, there's a bell on the plantation that's being rung, and in but inside the bell is this black child who's moving it back and forth with his body. Whoa. And there are scenes of after the party, all the southern bells are, you know, unbuttoning their corsets, and there are these black girls uh, fanning them with peacock feathers. And, yeah, just the kind of decadent... Um, yeah, phantasmagorical uh, imagining of, uh, you know, antebellum South, Civil War South, uh, is really weird and uh, disturbing and uh, cool to watch, I think. Okay. Um, I'm really into it as a document.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and it also had a huge role in creating the the popular history of the South. Yes, like, yeah. People took it for history, and yeah. Yeah,
1: and the, the opening... Um, uh, you know like the, the empire has fallen into disrepair the rebels are you know, like the the you know little scroll that comes up at the beginning says you know uh gone with the wind right this is a an atlantis of a kind this is a kind of a magical land that we'll never see again uh, a place of fealty and honor and you know uh, ladies and gentlemen and slaves and that was a part of this kind of Uh, Yeah, almost medieval uh, place out of time that once existed here. Hmm. Um, Yeah, so I I think there is a big insight into the kind of psychology there. Interesting.
0: Well, I guess you can't watch it on HBO Max anymore. (laughs) You can only watch Watchmen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, do you think they'll do a Watchmen season two once uh, Trump's Tulsa massacre happens? Oh my god.
0: (laughs) Ugh.
1: Yeah. Do you think this is going to be like people are talking about the You Stephen watched Miller... all of
0: Watchmen, right? You yeah, liked it.
1: I, I liked it. I hated the finale, but I really okay. liked the, the season.
0: I watched like, the first two episodes. And and I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. You were not into it. Have know. you watched Space Force?
1: No. Is it good? No. no I watched yeah. like the
0: first two again. Yeah. I, I
1: saw a headline that was like the US military might lose the Space Force <laughs> trademark to the show and I couldn't tell is this propaganda from the show or the US military yeah. or who is trying to get who's me here. In this? Yeah, who's the reptilians on this one? <laughs> uh yeah. Well, yes, we're we're reporting live from the Peters Apartment Autonomous yeah. Zone over here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, obligatory the Peter joke. Pitt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Peter Commune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've br- brought all our copies of White Fragility to the center of
0: the Re- <laughs> Place de la Revolution and burned them. Uh, we we're going to be different. Um, I love that it's called Chaz. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. The Virgin Occupied. <laughs> <laughs> A safe versus way. The Chads. Yeah. <laughs> um the Virgin Paris Commune. the <laughs> The Chad autonomous zone. Oh god. Um Should we move? Should we make Hydra? Uh yeah, I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like the, yeah, the, um, the, uh, carpet baggers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what you guys could use. <laughs> so, <laughs> a couple of podcasters. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I heard you were looking for a Vanguard party. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Holy shit. I... Uh, we're both, th- yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down. We're both thumbs up for Chaz, it sounds like. I think so. Yeah. You have to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it sounds better than when it was occupied by the National Guard.
0: Yeah, right. And, and yeah, let me see. I was reading a New York Times article about it. Let me see if I can pull it up. Oh, that's Just, great. Like, I want to know how they describe it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they are doing the thing of, like, well, they are selling hot dogs for $6. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally.
1: That's so funny. Um.
0: Man yeah uh but it is, just the descriptions of it are amazing yeah. um here's the article uh published today june 11th 2020 mm-hmm. free food free speech and free police inside seattle's autonomous zone president trump challenged seattle's mayor to take back your city after police vacated a precinct and protesters laid claim to the neighborhood around it this is so cool. The photos are so cool, too. Yeah. Someone put up a sign that, like, you know, it's that green, it looks like a municipal, uh, like, street sign, and it says, Welcome to Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Yeah, I
1: saw one sign that yeah. said, You are now leaving the United States.
0: <laughs> that is so cool! Like, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it. Obviously, there are contradictions. Right. Like, obviously, this isn't... this. we don't expect the Capitol Hill autonomous zone to like
1: March on Versailles. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, that would be so cool if they, but they can't. And like, that's the, I mean, that is the thing. Like, like, right. That's kind of the received wisdom of the Paris commune, right? Like that's Lenin's critique of Paris commune is that they should have marched on Versailles when they had the chance. Right. Like there's no equivalent to that for Chaz. Uh, right. Yeah. They, yeah. The, even if we agreed that they should do the equi- like, like, what would that be? You're taking on the entire military? Yeah. Right. Like, it can't happen.
1: Well, I mean, I guess you would go to I don't know Portland next and liberate Portland. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Make a deal with the Canadians. Cut <laughs> 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 a deal. I don't know. Um,
1: yeah. 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 They found all these revolutionaries with loonies in
0: their pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, let's just—I'll uh, just read through some of this. I think it's fascinating.
1: Yeah, give me the New York Times okay, take yeah. on Chaz
0: by Mike Baker on the streets next to a police precinct in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood. Protesters and officers spent a week locked in nightly standoffs, uh, at times ending with clouds of tear gas. But facing a growing backlash over its dispersal tactics and uh, the aftermath of George George Floyd's death. the the seattle police department this week offered a concession officers would abandon their precinct board up the windows and let the protesters have free reign outside in a neighborhood that is the heart of the city's art and culture Threatened these days is rising tech wealth brings in gentrification. Protesters. Right, seize Seattle. The we
1: have to remember is Amazon's capital. Yeah, city.
0: it is. It's the Amazon autonomous zone. Exactly. They re- and
1: Boeing. Like yeah. yeah, it is so fucked up over there. It's no wonder they have this uh, intense kind of Antifa and you know Nazi yeah. movements over there. Like um, that is our future in yeah. Seattle and,
0: and like I, I mean Seattle which which is like generally thought of as being like a an all white city or like a, a very white city of course like uh, of course there's like huge racial tensions in seattle right. as well that have only been exacerbated by like yeah amazon and boeing and all this shit yeah in a neighborhood that is the heart of the city's art and culture threatened these days as rising tech wealth brings in gentrification protesters seize the moment they reverse the barricades to shield the liberated streets and laid claim to several city blocks now known as the capitol hill autonomous zone yeah. chas This space is now property of the Seattle people, read a banner on the front entrance of the now-empty police station. The entire area was now a homeland for racial justice. And, depending on the protesters one talked to, perhaps something more. What has emerged is an experiment in life without the police. Part street festival, part commune. Hundreds have gathered to hear uh, speeches, poetry, and music. On Tuesday night, dozens of people sat in the middle of an intersection to watch 13th, the Ava DuVernay film, about the criminal justice system's impact on African Americans. Um, And I saw someone on Twitter saying that they also, because they're doing, like, these screenings of movies, that they also screen Paris is Burning.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, let me know when uh, they have something that's, like, the Battle of Algiers. Yeah, or,
0: yeah, you're imagining, like, day 50 of this thing. They're going to, (laughs) they're watching, like, uh like paul blart or something <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of something that's like vaguely anti-cop but like <laughs> that's so funny yeah and
1: yeah. It, like 13th and paris is burning like these are kind of like there are critiques of these movies too yeah like, these right. are revolutionary films yeah exactly
0: yeah yeah it would be amazing if they screen like <laughs> like sergey eisenstein's yeah like oh october my. or something yeah <laughs> Yeah, the documentary about uh,
1: literacy in Cuba. Yeah, yeah.
0: maybe they will. Like, let's have hope. I mean, maybe maybe they will. That that sort of thing will happen. Yeah. On Wednesday, children made chalk drawings in the middle of the streets. Yeah, like their families here, their kids here in this area. It's it's like a pretty uh, amazing thing. Uh, One block had a designated smoking area. Okay. Speaking of (laughs) (laughs) contradictions.
1: Yeah, they can yeah. be uh wimpy and also pretty cool
0: yeah <laughs> like um yeah you know you can't expect the um the commune to like totally uh get rid of every bourgeois institution oh once. you're talking about like the smoking, <laughs> smoking sections at, at yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> let people fucking smoke Who that's cares? so fucking funny <laughs> Uh, oh, and speaking of bourgeois institutions, another had a medic station. At the no cop co-op, people could pick up a free LaCroix sparkling water or a snack. That's sick. I mean, that is exactly what Marx was talking about. I mean, this is what people often misunderstand about Marx is that he, he on one level, was a great admirer of capitalism right. and understood capital's uh, ability to, to create new things that would improve the world once they were seized by the proletarian. Right. He like wanted to LaCroix. suck
1: off those smokestacks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like he was not against LaCroix. He understood LaCroix was, was a great development. Yeah. It was in an achievement history. of
1: human capacity. But yeah.
0: now we need to take the next step and seize LaCroix for the people. That's right. Um, okay. And this is the part where it's like, and yeah, they're selling hot dogs for <laughs> money. <laughs> nice commune you have here. Uh, uh yeah, here's the line. And so yeah, people would pick up a free Lacroix sparkling water or snack. No currency was accepted, but across the street, in a nod to capitalism, a bustling stand was selling six dollar hot dogs. <laughs> it was... In a
1: nod to capitalism is <laughs> such a funny phrase.
0: Just one, just the next sentence. It was dealing in U.S. dollars. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Oh, really? I can't buy my hot dogs with uh, labor uh, coupons, <laughs> <laughs> with labor uh, uh, marks or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: I can't do um, chore counters and <laughs> have them count toward my hot dog. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Right. It's, um, um, and
1: it's worth noting. I, I mean, a consistent report you hear about these places is that the Chaz is encouraging, supporting the local businesses that are in the area.
0: Yeah. Um, and I saw that too. People are like, I mean, like food trucks are coming into Chaz right. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's so stupid. And that is like such a lib thing. Like it is literally the, like, oh, you're, you, you're oh, using an you're iPhone, criti- you're criticizing capitalism and yet you're using an iPhone. Yeah. But except it's just so ridiculous. Cause now it's like, oh, you're, um. You're setting up an autonomous zone in a major U.S. city uh, where cops aren't allowed, and yet you're using an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> oh, really? You're uh, you're seizing all the factories, and yet you're using an iPhone. <laughs> like, oh,
1: yeah,
0: you're you're lining up all the New York Times. <laughs> Against a wall. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah, you're you're blindfolding all of us <laughs> and, and, and yet you're using an iPhone. <laughs>
1: Checkmate. <laughs> Got him.
0: Look at that Uh, On Wednesday night, President Trump tried to portray the scenes in the city as something more sinister. He called for government leaders Mm. to crack down on the protesters, declaring on Twitter that domestic terrorists have taken over Seattle. Mm. Take back your city now, Mr. Trump wrote in a tweet directed at Mayor Jenny Durkin and Governor Jay Inslee. If you don't do it, I will. This is not a game. Ms. Durkin responded with a tweet of her own make us all safe, go back to your bunker orange man <laughs> bunker boy uh, <laughs> this is a, a Cheeto yes. a Cheeto hell autonomous <laughs> we don't want the orange man or autonomous
1: <laughs> Mm, The orange (laughs) counter-revolution in tanks.
0: Yeah, I've heard of the orange revolution, but the Cheeto revolution.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess we know what color this color revolution is going to be.
0: Did you see there was um, some, like, you know, sub-Krasenstein, like, Twitter person (laughs) at one of the DC protests, like, handed out these placards that were, uh, these, like, cards that were, like, bunker bitch. They were, like, all waving, like, bunker bitch. Go back to your bunker bit. Like, okay. Yeah,
1: I know. Like, they're they're gonna go up to these people who are making, like, workers' councils federations (laughs) and and try to give them stickers that say thumb-sucking faggot on it.
0: (laughs) It really is the, like... The meme of you know the like crying, uh, like <laughs> the crying Wojak, and it's like, uh, <laughs> like, like no, you 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 have to call him a cheeto. Yes, guy! yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, all workers' councils go burn.
1: Uh,
0: The protest zone has increasingly functioned with the tacit blessing of the city. Harold Scoggins, the fire chief, was there on Wednesday chatting with protesters, helping set up a call with the police department, and making sure the area had portable toilets and sanitation services. I have no idea where we're headed. Mr. Scoggin said in an interview, we've been working step-by-step step on how to build a relationship, build trust in small things, so we can figure this out together. Mm. The demonstrators have also been trying to figure it out, with various factions voicing different priorities. A list of three demands was posted prominently on a wall. One, defund the police department. Two, fund community health. And three, drop all criminal charges against protesters. Right. But on a nearby fence, there was a list of five demands. Online was a list of 30. While Mr. Floyd's death in Minneapolis drove most of the energy uh, in the streets towards ending police violence, some of those here in recent days have pushed for a wider focus. Some of the messages mirror the 2011 Occupy movement and seemed aimed at targeting corporate America for its role in social inequities. The more we encourage and focus on the race thing, the greater our attention is not focusing on the fact that this is class warfare, said a 28-year-old protester. Uh, and self-described anarchist who identified only by his first name, Fredericks, with an X.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: it's like Latin X. <laughs> Fredericks. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm out here trying to cancel Gio Tolentino for not saying Philippine X, in Yeah, your
0: apology. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Columbus was an Italian X. <laughs> Hero.
1: X. Oh my god, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, and I mean, look, the the comparison to Occupy Wall Street is apt, obviously. So, yeah. But also, this is something very different than Occupy Wall Street. This is, uh, yeah, something that Occupy Wall Street... I mean, and I do think it, it is informative of how, like, you know, protest movements kind of develop. I mean, you couldn't imagine what's happening now... Without you know Ferguson happening, the Ferguson protests and Occupy Wall Street happening, you know you know, you can point to a lot of other factors, but there's kind of a tendency where you know in 2011 Occupy Wall Street happened, and now this is happening, so Occupy Wall Street is the starting point, right? You know the and what what uh the the apex of Occupy Wall Street, what Occupy Wall Street was at its most. Uh, is going to be the starting point for this.
1: Exactly, yeah. And this has synthesized uh, tendencies in other protest movements like Black Lives Matter uh, to be something uh, very different from what Occupy
0: was. Yeah, and look, there's a... You can kind of imagine a spectrum with Occupy Wall Street on one side and the Paris Commune on the other. Look, obviously this is not the Paris Commune, uh, but... It is it is closer to that than Occupy Wall Street was.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. And y- this isn't just in the Chaz. This is, hasn't just happened in Seattle. This is something you're seeing in Minneapolis too. Uh, these kind of proto-Soviets, where communities yeah. have really kicked the cops out of certain neighborhoods and are you know p- patrolling them themselves. Uh, you know, kind of a, a imposing order. And some of these seem, you know, more bourgeois than others. I don't even know how you can uh, categorize them at these early stages. But this is from MPD 150, which is a Minneapolis based group on Facebook that I follow. Uh, and it's this article from the Star Tribune out of Minneapolis. Uh, After four nights without police presence, Minneapolis neighborhoods protect themselves. And it's this description of, you know, neighborhoods defending themselves and organizing themselves. Uh, and MPD 150 said, that if this is what can happen as neighbors improvise through a crisis, imagine what we can build when we intentionally plan systems of community support and resilience without cops. There's all these uh, examples in Minneapolis of, here's another one, this former Sheraton uh, just off Lake Street in Minneapolis, where there has been massive looting and fires, now houses about 200 homeless people. It's community controlled and run by volunteers. Uh, and there's you know plenty of examples of this. The site at 38th and Chicago in Minneapolis where George Floyd was murdered Uh, has become the center of this kind of, yeah, it it looks like a commune. Uh, People are getting free food if they need it, uh, free supplies, there's toilet paper being given out, Uh, and, you know, Unicorn Riot is constantly there live streaming
0: it (laughs) all. I'm looking at no black-on-black violence in the black central neighborhood, eight-plus days without no police.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this is something, you know, uh, we're gonna talk more, I guess, throughout this episode about, you know, where we see all these movements going and shit like that. But I think it's no surprise that you see these developing in the cities where the police crackdown has been the most extreme, yeah. like Minneapolis, which has seen you know probably the worst crackdown. Uh, you know, the, the National Guard rolling in and yeah, peppering people uh, on their doorsteps, uh, you know, with pepper shot to get back in their houses. Uh, and Seattle was one of these extreme crackdown cities where the mayor Durkin. Uh, did this 30-day ban on tear gas. Yeah. And one of the starting moments for this uh, Chaz occupation was two or three days, depending on how you count the start of the ban from, like, the announcement or it's going into effect, two or three days into the so-called ban on tear gas, the police tear gassed people.
0: Yeah. And it, it, it might have been Seattle. It might have been a different city that did a ban on tear gas. Maybe it was, like, Atlanta did a ban on tear gas. Uh, because they literally ran out of tears. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, So they were like, we're going to do a 30-day ban while we restock. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw some stupid video of a kid pushing a cop into a pond. I
1: saw, that's the UK one, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, who really... did that? Who <laughs>
0: People are really shoving UK cops into bodies of
1: water. You <laughs> went dead. that way, you drip. <laughs> and it's awesome because they don't have guns. Yeah,
0: that's so funny. Yeah.
1: Is there more from this article you wanted to... Uh,
0: I mean, that's about it. Um, yeah. But I do... So... That point I was trying to make about you know Occupy Wall Street has become the starting point for these protests, which are then building on that. Mm-hmm. The next time this happens, the next time you know the 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 conditions converge in a way to create this kind of mass movement, this is going to be the starting point. Right. Yes. So I mean, th- I mean, this is really amazing, and this is a huge, this is a really pivotal pivotal point right now. I don't know if. I don't know what parallel in American history you can draw to this. Yeah, right. Uh, certainly in recent American history.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you would have to go back to. Uh, yeah, I mean, if not the Great Depression, maybe uh, like the um, the People's Detox in uh, the Bronx, where you know, uh, like Latin Kings members seized. Uh, uh what was it the Lincoln detox center or whatever and ran it as a people's co-op and the CIA probably you know assassinated their leaders. Uh, I mean these kind of seizures have happened, but a whole neighborhood like this yeah. I, I can't really think of an example in recent history.
0: It's pretty incredible. Yeah it, yeah, and I think people I, I haven't even honestly heard a lot of like leftists trying to criticize this. It's interesting too, if if like this is anarchist or if, if the... what I mean, I don't think it matters that much ultimately. Yeah, if and we're like, well, this is anarchist or there needs to be a vanguard party or whatever. I mean, this is a this is an uprising, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, this is a spontaneous uprising. Yeah. I think you know uh, it's going to be easier to Monday morning quarterback this after uh, whatever happens after you know they yeah. crush it like they did Occupy or whatever, um, or you know, I don't know if this gets integrated into <laughs> seattle as you know a governing body i have no idea uh it'll be easy to look back and say well of course this was the pattern of history but in these moments it is totally unclear where these things head um there are you know i think there are concerning signs uh but i think it's a lot more concerning on the side of uh, the kind of Fed influence and ops and you know spies who might be involved in this, uh, and you know infiltrating it than it is. Uh, I'm concerned about the ideology that's driving this uprising. Yeah, um, have you seen this stuff? So, I want to talk about, uh, in that vein, Raz Simone. So, you haven't heard of this guy. No, have you heard of the warlord of Chaz? <laughs>
0: No. Okay, let
1: me get you into this discourse. All right, it's all right. Rules. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh this started when I saw a uh so let me see if I can find like the uh best starting point for this. Okay. So, there is this guy Raz Simone. He has a blue check mark uh and Whoa. he is a rapper uh by trade. Um he has done he like he's cut a couple tracks with some big names. He has a Wikipedia page. My family losing focus cause it's taking long. I'm losing my mind, so it's a trap
0: instead of making songs. I ain't trying to shake my mind. She said the wrong is by God. All the bullets I done dies, all the shit that I done shot. All the women in the pots, all the women giving quads.
1: He was on like XXL's freshman, uh, you know, rising freshman list or whatever it is. I'm like, you know, speaking out of turn here. I don't know a ton of this uh stuff. But uh Raz Simone uh has been a prominent Figure in the Chaz in the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone.
0: I see he's open for Macklemore.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, he opened for Macklemore. Which I mean,
0: they're both like Seattle. Yeah, right. Rappers. Yeah. Oh, that's so
1: interesting. Yeah, totally. So this is from this account that just started like a couple days ago and seems to be all about hyping this story. This account is called The Whole Story at The Whole Story 6. And it's been, you know, covering this stuff and spreading this stuff. Policing in the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone by at Raz Simone. There appear to be nobody can cameras, reports, or oversight and accountability. This was an attempt at de-escalation for spraying paint onto a building which resulted in an alleged assault. And you can see this video of... Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to play a little bit of it just to, to give you some perspective on it, but basically uh, it seems like from the reports and the rumors that someone had already done some art on this wall and someone was tagging over it, and so uh, Raz Simone comes over to tell him to cut it out, and it escalates to the point where Raz hits him a couple of times, and it, it like, seems to attack him on some level. Uh, so you, it, I want to show you this just for a sec. Wait, who is he, who is he hitting? <laughs> this tag this graffiti artist. Okay. I
0: oh, forgot. We, oh, God. we are oh, the police of this community now. We are the leaders of this community now. This whole wall is like totally tagged Yeah. Too. Yeah, there's all
1: kinds of stuff about this that seems suspicious to me. Yeah.
0: Okay, so like, okay, so this, this guy is tagging a wall and the camera pans at one point and there's like other people tagging the same wall yeah right like there's a ton of graffiti on the wall already but this guy what's this guy's name raz raz, raz and chaz <laughs> yeah raz in chaz Ooh, okay raz of chaz
1: uh so apparently yeah this is um capitol hill auto- so this is from another account at bpd uh underscore god the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, world's most ambitious anthropological experiment, has received its first warlord. Took only one day for the monopoly on violence to be discovered. What will happen next? And this, this is this um, couple of screenshots from Reddit, where it's a it, it's a longer version of this video that's been uploaded. That's Raz, Simone, and crew assault man for graffiti, June 10, 2020. And, uh, people are commenting, uh, you know, holy shit, they're saying we are the police here now, what is this turning into, uh, Raz's crew, uh, yeah, uh, Raz's, someone comments, uh, Wizard of the Future comments, Raz's crew is self-appointed, heavily armed, as an, and has indicated their intention to police the area, and has engaged in the use of force. I am unaware of any rival street force of their stature, expressing the desire to hold authority in the area. The power vacuum has already been filled. Uh, and, you know, there's, a, another picture of him, Um, and so people are claiming this is, you know, someone who retweeted this and said, this is the same motherfucker that hung out around my high school and middle school to try to get young girls to be in his music videos. And someone comments, I mean, he literally runs a sex trafficking ring, so I doubt that was his intention. So I've seen people post about this guy, and I haven't seen any real reporting on him that would confirm any of this. But the rumors that are getting spread are that he runs this, yeah, uh, kind of commune uh, ring of women and girls whom he allegedly sex traffics, whom he calls the family so okay uh now people are you know this has become like a a right wing uh obsession this Chaz um, warlord Raz Simone and the family yeah uh yeah this is from at soul type child boost this video altercation between at Raz Simone and members of what he calls the family which is a network of women forced into sex work across California Vegas New York and you guessed it Seattle
0: okay sounds um very reminiscent of yeah uh, what does that sound a musician of, yeah uh a musician slash uh, CIA <laughs> agent, yeah, <laughs> Charles Manson.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. this guy who is a musician with some kind of millenarian uh, revolutionary obsession that we're supposed to believe, uh, you know, and has this uh, ring of sex trafficked girls and women that he calls the family. This is Charles Manson. Yeah, and Manson was a chaos agent. Yeah. Like he was in Operation yeah, Chaos. he
0: was being handled by the CIA.
1: Right, he was an MK Ultra patient. Uh, you know, so I am really suspicious of this warlord, uh, narrative that's starting to develop in the Chaz. Uh, and yeah, so there are all these videos of this guy calling himself the People's Force, you know, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, attempting to position himself as some kind of, like, peacekeeping, uh, yeah, monopoly on violence. Uh, but- this does not seem to be anywhere near the, uh, you know, the majority of people's experience in the Chaz. And, like, you know, yes, I, I like, it is just so weirdly reminiscent of Charles Manson in all these different ways, uh, but it is also something that reminds me a lot of how the media covered Occupy Wall Street, which was these, you know, uh, narratives that they spun constantly of people shitting in the street and raping each other in the tents and, uh, you know, yeah, hurting each other, uh, being, you know, just like a totally uncontrollable anarchic force. Uh, and then it turned out, you know, a a vast majority of that was lies. A lot of the sexual assaults were done by undercover and in uniform police, right? Uh, so I'm really suspicious of this like Chaz warlord narrative, but this is something that I think is going to get bigger and we'll see more things like this as this zone develops and as others maybe establish themselves or get more recognition.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there definitely will be government plants in there. Yeah, I mean, there always are. There always are in uh, any kind of like large protest movement or anything like that.
1: And something interesting about Raz Simone, uh, like just this is my kind of CCP brain uh, on overdrive, though, uh, is that he had his label and his like general purpose (laughs) DIY company is called Black Umbrella. Okay. And I don't know if you know, like, the umbrella is this big Hong Kong protest symbol. And there have been all these, like, Reddit flags and uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. logos posted around the Chaz that have umbrellas spray-painted on them, Uh, or it's like the Antifa, uh, you know, two flags overlaid over each other, except it's, like, two umbrellas, like, one black and one pink. And, yeah, this whole umbrella thing I find really suspicious. Uh, Anything that's involved with that um, is just, like, yeah, it raises a red flag for me. So, yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah, just wanted to get into Raz Simone. I thought this was such a fascinating little uh, throw-off from this Chaz thing that I haven't seen hit, like, a lot of mainstream channels, but... Uh, is definitely something, you know, I've seen, like, CDSA people commenting on these posts and interested in this. Uh, people who are already, you know, prejudiced against uh, the anarchist sect within leftism.
0: Yeah. Um, A little reminiscent, too, of, like, that Instagram influencer that was, like, commandeering protests yes. in New York City and, like, hugging cops and stuff.
1: Yeah, so can we talk about this shit? Sure. Yeah.
0: But first we have to talk about how there's a cube in the Star of David. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh! Okay, so you think it's anti-Semitic that Ice Cube is talking about the Black Cube of Saturn. But when you Before me- you said
0: Black Umbrella, I thought you were going to say Black Cube. That's so
1: fucking funny. But here's
0: the thing. There's a cube in the Star of David. Oh! Oh,
1: sure! Oh, and this is so taboo for us to talk about. Oh, well, Peter, let me ask you, why is it that Saturn's eternal storm at its north pole
0: uh, takes the shape of a hexagon? Can I you explain you,
1: that to me? I
0: saw you posting about this. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, I is it anti-Semitic to point out that there's a three-dimensional cube? <laughs> Uh, it kind of feels anti-semitic but oh Peter. I can't exactly say for sure what's oh, anti-Semitic about posting a star of David with a three-dimensional cube <laughs> <related>. <laughs> you know this is all David I right? questions uh, I isn't it like
1: nation of Islam stuff not exactly like the the black cube of Saturn I don't think that's nation of Islam I don't okay, thinks after
0: shit. he because ice cube is like a Nation of Islam guy, and he was like posting about Farrakhan. That's right.
1: Yeah, he like posted one thing about how much he loved Farrakhan, and then the next post was about how much he loved Malcolm X, and people were like, Well, I got some bad news for you, buddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny Yeah,
1: right And yet, like, you know, all these condescending comments that were like Before he started posting, like, the black cube in the Star of David uh, People were like, wow, Ice Cube's radicalization is really, you know, uh, great to see Like, this guy wrote Fuck the Police Like, shut the fuck up You don't know shit about this guy's history But, yeah, I mean, the black cube of Saturn thing And, like, the black cube in the uh, Star of David shit Like, that's all David Icke shit This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. Yeah, Uh, You know, uh, yeah, and I I really doubt that it is anti-Semitic in the way that people understand it, that, like, Jews run the world or whatever. I mean, like, who knows? I'm I'm not going to, like, stand up for Ice Cube. I don't know anything about this guy's politics at this point uh, or if they have any, like, cohesion to them. But, yeah, I mean, people try to, uh, like, put down David Icke as just anti-Semitic, and that is such a you know, a, a cop-out in trying to understand what David Icke is as a phenomenon. You know, his thing isn't that the Jews control the world, it's that reptilians control the world. Okay. And, you know, that, you know, I think he's a little bit referring to Khazar theory when he's like, some of these are fake Jews. Like, yeah, he he does, you know, quote, he he cites the Protocols of the Elders of Zion in some of his books. Yes, that is just true. Uh, and David Icke, obviously I'm not for David Icke, but I think think, you know, him as a contemporary mystic is something that deserves a lot more attention and care than people give it, which is just to write it off as, you know, nonsense, uh white noise, anti-Semitism, uh, which it's not, you know, this is, is something very different. And this stuff about the black cube of Saturn, like the,
0: what, what that, okay, what is the black cube of Saturn? Okay.
1: So Peter, uh, what is a planet?
0: Um... <laughs> <laughs> What is a planet? What is
1: a planet? You have to rethink your whole uh, conception of the universe here. Okay,
0: is this because, like, Saturn is, like, a gaseous planet and there's, like, gaseous planets or whatever?
1: It it actually comes from, you know, this this whole New Age kind of, like, semi-religious phenomenon develops... From uh, this, so, uh, you know, uh, some of this New Age stuff, uh, there was this uh, period where people were really into angels in this New Age sense, and they uh, ascribed, uh, you know, angels to different heavenly bodies, and so the planets were not actually planets, they were all angels, and so David Icke has kind of a version of this, which is that the planets are... Projections, or they are uh, these, you know, shapes that. Okay. Beca- because our whole world is a kind of, you know, celestial okay. simulation. Is this, like, yeah, simulation. this is like
0: flat Earth stuff almost?
1: Almost. I mean, he doesn't think the world is flat, he just thinks that Saturn is a projection and a crystal that emanates a certain energy that can be expressed or channeled through certain shapes and symbols uh, like the star of David uh, that all refer to these uh, or, you know, the Kaaba is a black cube, right? Uh, uh, And, you know, but then is
0: that a, is okay. Well, is for, I can, I don't know how David Icke feels about like Muslims or like nation of Islam, but, If the Kaaba is also a black cube, wouldn't that be, like, a point for Nation of Islam or something? (laughs) I don't... Maybe I'm not following this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, right... David Icke has a uh, part of his strategy because he is just a huckster on some level. He's just a really talented at uh, tapping into something in the contemporary discontent huckster that I I think he plays into these, uh, yeah, these deficiencies that people have in their worldview and fills them in with these kind of, yes, semi mythologies uh, that don't really have an answer that he gives. He Anytime you see him in an interview or even giving a speech, he will avoid coming to a conclusion as many times as possible. He's never going to tell you, like, uh, yeah, the Jews run the world or something like that. He'll let you come to that conclusion. And I think similarly, this black cube and the, the Magen David whole thing that Ice Cube is playing on, Uh, And, you know, I don't know if you saw he like did a tweet that was like, I am cube, all caps. (laughs) Like, I think he identifies with the cube and he he posted a black Israelites thing. Like, I think this is a way for him to, uh, you know, reclaim these images of power and to say, you know, we have these symbols uh, and this kind of mythology half ready made, let's seize it and use it for our own power development uh, you know, in opposition to the ruling class, uh, is how I read it. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know if Ice Cube would say anything like that, but I don't, I don't think Ice Cube is anti-Semitic because he posted this, uh, you know, Star of David black cube thing. I'll eat shit if he says, you know, the Jews run the world. I think
0: he probably is (laughs) (laughs) anti-Semitic. That's just me. (laughs) I'm amazed you were able to, uh, you you really had a take on that. I'm really impressed. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I'm because I listened to David Icke shit for a while. I was in a phase of it. I'm not, like, a David Icke follower, but I think it's an interesting contemporary phenomenon that doesn't get enough attention.
0: You're a left Ikean.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, Alice Walker is really into David Icke, and she got canceled for that.
0: Yeah, and for being an anti-Semite, right? Is she an anti-Semite, though? I think she is. I would... <laughs> Let's see. And and look, Dan, I kind of understand what you're saying, but I also think David Icke is an (laughs) anti-semitic. I'm looking up
1: anti-semitic Alice Walker.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, here's like a New York Times article. Alice Walker answering backlash praises anti-semitic author as brave. So yeah, they're calling David Icke anti-Semitic.
1: And so Alice Walker is anti-Semitic because she praised David Icke. But
0: I think, did she, she also said something about Jews at some point, didn't she?
1: Alice Walker's anti-Semitic poem was personal. Let's see, this is an NY Mag thing from 2018. This is awesome. This should have been our fucking overtime, <laughs> this bullshit. Oh my god. By the book, yeah. So uh, this changed abruptly two weeks. This is from the NY Mag article. This is uh, Nyla Burton writing. This changed abruptly two weeks ago after the New York Times invited Alice Walker to list her favorite books in its weekly "By the Book" column. She took the opportunity to promote David Icke's and "The Truth Shall Set You Free," which contains some of the most hateful anti-Semitic lies ever to be printed between covers. Icke's book alleged that a small Jewish clique had created the Russian Revolution and both World Wars, and coldly calculated the Holocaust to boot. Uh, uh I don't know. I would have to see some more in context quotes for this.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Soon unearthed through poem, it is our frightful duty to study the Talmud. Ooh Uh oh Uh oh let's read this, okay. To study the Talmud, it is our frightful duty to study the Talmud by Alice Walker, 2017. The first time I was accused of appearing to be anti-Semitic, the shock did not wear off for days. The man who charged me was a friend, a Jewish soul, who I thought understood or could learn to understand almost anything. He could not understand, however, why I thought Israel should give back the land it took from a poorly defended people in a war that lasted six days. I cringed about our small house in Mississippi, where black people often assumed he was a racist, deeply offended by his attempt to insult my character, and spoke to him earnestly of dignity, justice, honor, and peace. Sometimes later in life, you do laugh at yourself. You understand finally that you've understood nothing, nothing at all, that in this case, for instance, that of the famed Six-Day War, it was all a show, a true theater war, the battlefield a stage, though bombs and bullets were real, only the people who lost the battle got a close-up of the set and the setup. Mm-hmm, hmm I have witnessed Palestine under Israeli rule. It is demonic to the core, but where to look for the inspiration for so much evil? Where to find the teachings that influence and sanction such limitless cruel behavior? Where to find that part of the puzzle that is missing? Almost the black cube missing in the Star of David. We must go back as grown-ups now, not to the gullible children we once were, uh, and study our programming from the beginning, all of it, the Christian, the Jewish, the Muslim, even the Buddhist, all of it without exception at the root. Mhm mhm it is our duty to study the talmud <laughs> it is within that book i believe we will find answers to some of the questions that most perplex us S- <laughs> follow the tr- uh, simply follow the tr- okay by googling for a more in-depth study i recommend starting with youtube simply follow the trail of the talmud as its poison belatedly winds its way into our collective consciousness some of what you find will sound too crazy to be true unfortunately those bits are likely to be true Uh huh. Is Jesus boiling eternally in hot excrement? (laughs) For his crime of throwing the bankers out of the temple, for loving, standing with, and defending the poor, was his mother Mary a whore? Are Goyim, us, meant to be slaves of Jews, and not only that, but to enjoy it? Are three year old and a day girls eligible for marriage and intercourse? Are young boys fair game for rape? Must even the best of the Goyim, us again, be killed? Pause a moment and think what this could mean or already has meant in our own lifetime. All right, maybe Alice Walker's an anti-Semite. Yeah. And the devastating... Yeah, maybe Ice Cube's Uh, anti-Semitic. I mean, definitely, I'm not going to say that Louis Farrakhan is not anti-Semitic. He's obviously anti-Semitic, Louis Farrakhan. And for Ice Cube to post something as confused as praising Louis Farrakhan in one tweet and then Malcolm X in the next, uh, I think, you know, shows that he's not a scholar on this shit for sure. Uh, But I also think that uh, people have overreacted to this and it's uh, kind of just a funny Twitter thing. I
0: I mostly think it's funny.
1: Uh, And he's Um, just like a countercultural
0: guy. And I also think like... Yeah, I think Farrakhan is an anti-Semite, and that's bad. But I also think people use Farrakhan as, like... I also think Farrakhan basically has no influence on anything. Yeah, and right. And, like, people use him as a uh, as a scapegoat or whatever. I mean, there was a thing with this, like, a couple months ago or whatever. Like, yeah, right. gives a shit and about And Keith
1: Farrakhan? Ellison now, who everyone's passing around the picture of him holding the Antifa handbook, you know, like, they tried to kill him over Farrakhan.
0: Yeah. It definitely gets used as a cudgel. But also... Farrakhan is an anti semite Yeah, Farrakhan's a horrid anti semite Alice Walker Ray and Ice Cube too. do.
1: Yeah, did you ever see the uh, Alex Jones interview with Farrakhan?
0: No. It's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah,
1: he like drives to his compound in the beginning. It's
0: so weird. Uh, Alright, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Let's talk about Beret Boy. <laughs> Watching this meme get born today is awesome.
1: Oh my god. We're going to see
0: this meme, the Aaron Paul... Taking responsibility phase. That's
1: so fucking funny, I didn't even know.
0: We're gonna, uh, that's from that video. (laughs) I take responsibility.
1: yeah, Yeah, I, I, like, that was, of course, the most shocking one, the Aaron Paul one. The other ones I didn't care about or even, like, know Wait, why is...
0: Oh, just because you like Aaron Paul?
1: I guess. I just didn't think Aaron Paul was into that kind of thing. And, like, he does it so sincerely. He's, like, an
0: actor guy. Like, what's surprising? Uh, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, this is, like... And, I mean, it's, like, the whole, like, Robin D'Angelo, like, white fragility thing is, like... It is kind of the, um, you know, like, every actor, the, like, success-win mindset. Like, yeah. you just need to, like, visualize yourself winning, and then you'll start winning. Like, it is that ideology's approach to racism. Yeah. Of, like, oh, I need to, like, uh, you know, it's all internal to me, and, like, it's this this whole racism thing, it's actually about me. And, like, <laughs> and, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like,
1: a little Marianne Williamson-y. Mm-hmm.
0: Speaking of the Black Cube...
1: god damn i am just gonna go full alex jones one of these days
0: it it is too bad that there can't be a like jewish alex jones (laughs) (laughs) like you couldn't do it no yeah i mean right well yeah but that's because uh Because either you hide the fact that you're Jewish and then it comes out (laughs) and like other conspiracy theorists, like trying to get your audience, like, you know, tell them that you're Jewish yeah, or you're like open about your Judaism and you like talk about like Kabbalah and like sacred, sacred geometry and then that's no good in this country.
1: Yeah. Or you become like Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you know, demonic advisor behind the scenes, but you can (laughs) never have like a massive public audience. Yeah.
0: There must be like an Alex Jones of Israel. There must. I be. would be fascinated to know. Oh, yeah, I is. would love that. Please, if anybody listening to this <laughs> knows the deal about yeah. who like the Alex Jones figure of Israel is, please let us know. We're, We're dying to know. <laughs> Make our desert blue. I'm sure, please. honestly, there's like 40. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That. Yeah. Oh, the Alex Jones of Israel. You mean the 40 yeah. members of the Knesset? Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: You mean uh, Yair Netanyahu? <laughs> Who does the meme? Who does the, like, Rothschild me? That's the thing, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, these, right, right, these right. conspiracy theorists are, like, that kind of conspiracy theorizing is just, like, inherently anti-Semitic. It's the best one, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like the Jews running everything is the best one of those. Yeah, and, and they all to tend it. toward it, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh. okay, let's talk about... Uh...
0: <laughs> what a weird digression. <laughs>
1: let's before we close let's talk about berets and megaphones and instagram models
0: yes yeah let's do that in this
1: moment so yeah people might have seen this guy uh can i play this video
0: for you i'm sure you've seen
1: this Uh, we've talked about it
0: My check. Check, check. Do you see, you see all these cops, all these cops around, us? around us? They are not, they are not getting, us getting us because, because of, Sergeant of Sergeant Inspector, Inspector. Nickus. Nickus. <laughs>
1: Yeah, someone says, what news is that? Because he has these cameras.
0: Yeah, and this thing is so staged. Yeah. Like, this guy ran up from the crowd and, like, put his arm around the cop's back. Like, if it was real... There would have been seven other cops around, first of all. Yeah, and they would have murdered him. Exactly. Like, this is all staged from the beginning.
1: Of course, I love that. Mike check, Mike check, <laughs> and like you don't need a human megaphone, dude. You have a megaphone. <laughs> like it is so beyond. So, yeah, this guy. What's what's this guy's name again? Uh, this is it's like, Dennis, Paris Howard. This guy so this is sarah david at sarah q david tweeted new yorkers please so you know there's this video uh from bill wire bill weir at cnn three hours after curfew this is actually the day this is four days ago uh this was like on sunday or whatever it was the day before or the night before the curfew was lifted in new york which i think has to do with the timing of it too uh, was like, you know, de Blasio said, well, last night's protests were peaceful. So we're going to lift the curfew after he had lost entirely and embarrassed himself and the police with his curfew. Sarah David said, uh, so yeah, uh, Bill Weir was like three hours after curfew. Inspector Nikas of NYPD offers to walk with the last few hardcore Manhattan marchers. Check out what happened next. Uh, which is such a, like, hello giggles tagline, see what happens next. And Sarah David said, New Yorkers, please don't fall for this cop propaganda. This guy with a megaphone shows up to marches with a camera crew to lead people in pro-cop chants and is apparently a model who only got that beret yesterday. Seems like an opportunist, not a leader. And this is, so some people found this guy's in- Instagram, this Paris Howard guy. He's a model and bought that beret yesterday. Like, this, the day of of this protest uh he posted on instagram this thing that says uh my favorite store is boarded up right now anyone in nyc have a black beret i can borrow slash buy from you
0: (laughs) that's so funny that's
1: so good uh yeah he already has posted a cbs interview clip and is also not from and does not live in new york city he's posted on his instagram uh, this is a as-long-as-it-needs-to-be thing. I was only supposed to be in NYC until this past Sunday, but then I felt called to be a voice for my people. It's now Friday, and I've decided to stay here for an unknown amount of time. Uh, you know, uh, a brand ambassador for an event staging company. This is, uh, Wilder Davies, who has a blue check. This is a staff writer for Epicurious, uh, wrote at Time and, I uh, guess... Uh, you know, it's with the Time Mag Union. He is literally a brand ambassador for his event stage for this event staging company, and they found his page on this event staging company Mustard Lane, our laner of the week, Paris Howard.
0: What does that mean, laner of the week?
1: He's like one of their models who they're hyping that week. Oh, okay. Uh, Paris is an NYC laner, recently hired this summer. His favorite event so far was working the Hugo Boss soccer event during the World Cup. Yeah. He's a model.
0: It's very weird. First of all, uh, just to say this. I mean, you you can be a model and also be at these protests. Of course, like whatever. I mean, not, of course, yeah. Not I mean, to be who totally, yeah, to yeah, right. Say
1: that you know people in entertainment and, and yeah, and
0: I mean, people like to do this to discredit what, and they're like, these aren't even protesters; they're you know, they're actors or whatever. It's like, well, you could be an actor, and I mean, you know, actors or workers or whatever. Not to be totally lame, but but also obviously this is something more than that, and this is <laughs> this is this guy's a plant
1: yeah exactly and he's Exactly. Like, that was
0: staged he's hugging cops right and uh there's been a lot of that lately this is like the week where it's where it's turned and it feels like it's been co-opted um which isn't to say that it isn't there isn't still a lot of really amazing stuff going on but like it does feel like the week where the protests kind of Got co-opted. I mean, all the kneeling stuff—fucking Nancy Pelosi and all the Democrats. Oh my God! In Kente the Kente cloth, cloth. kneeling, <laughs> and like I've I've heard other people make this point, but I want to I want to make it too. So I mean, this is like a purely symbolic act. So let's actually like analyze the symbolism of what what they are trying to symbolically communicate. Yeah, they were kneeling in the Capitol. The amount of time that. Derek Chauvin kneeled on George Floyd's neck. Yes, they—they are—they're you know kneeling because it's like the Kaepernick thing, and Kaepernick kneeled in the NFL games during the during the national anthem because you're protest. supposed
1: to stand to support the national yeah. anthem. Yeah, so you kneel to opt out of
0: it. Yes. So these people now, Nancy Pelosi. And also it's an act of protest, right? Because that's what Colin Kaepernick can do. All Col- Colin Kaepernick had was a major platform right. to promote messages from. Right. Unlike, Unlike the, Nancy the, Pelosi. Unlike the, the party that controls the House of Representatives. Right. Yeah. Where they actually can do something, they're, it, but they're not going to.
1: And so this messaging, right,
0: it's so confused on so many it's levels. So, and what they are doing, they, they are Derek Chauvin. They are symbolically Derek Chauvin. They are not Colin Kaepernick. And they, on some level, I don't think obviously none of this, they're too stupid and and bad at this to understand what they're doing. but but there's a reason this happened yeah. because it's because it's true. Yeah. They are with their with their misguided symbolism actually telling the truth, which is what they never wanted to happen. They are Derek Chauvin. They are symbolically acting out, murdering George Floyd. They're, they are literally kneeling like Derek Chauvin did for the amount of time that Derek Chauvin did it. Yeah, for the They're eight doing minute, 46 a symbolic seconds. acting of Derek Chauvin murdering George Floyd, and that is what they are doing. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it is it is really, a, I mean, it's an And amazing... no one is stopping them. Yeah. They are just laying there. It is an amazing instance of uh, symbolism going uh, totally... Going perverse and you inadvertently reveal what you're really doing. Oh yeah! And I think everyone understood it that way on some level, which is why people were making so much fun of it. Right? It's so absurd and and, and insulting. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: and and heinous. Yeah, just perverse on every yeah. level. And you sent me that clip of them <laughs> standing up after the meal. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi breaking every
0: bone in her body. Nancy Pelosi not being able to get up after that is so funny. It's amazing.
1: Like, yes, and they are also enacting that ritual weakness that is so democratic. And, you know, demonstrating, like Joe Biden, right? They are these epic grandparents uh, who... Their, their, uh, the ability that they connect, that they have to connect with, uh, contemporary discourse on race and policing and the police state is so muddled and so ice cream puddle brained that they kneeled, which is a Kaepernick thing, for, 8 minutes and 46 seconds, which is a George Floyd thing, while wearing kente cloth <laughs> stoles, which is like an Africana Center graduation Yeah, it's a thing. graduation
0: thing. It's so uh, stupid. Literally
1: saying like, you idiots like dashikis, right? Yeah. Uh, just so out of touch. Uh, And, you know, these people... Like, you sent me the Onion article right before we got here, uh, which was, you know, uh, controversial uh, photos emerge of Democratic leaders wearing kente cloth from three days ago. And it's like, yeah, what? You saw how Pocahontas went and you came back for more, you fucking pigs? Yeah.
0: Uh, At the same time, I mean, uh, which is also symbolic and just so funny. Um, Joe Biden you know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with,
1: uh, with, uh, I don't know, uh, uh
0: saying that we need to you know, obviously, we're not going to defund the police, right? We need <laughs> to. We need to, uh, like, re reform the police, and that's why I, Joe Biden, am supporting a three hundred million dollars spending package <laughs> to reform America's police. God, is so fucking funny. There's something like eighteen thousand police. <laughs> right, so everyone's gonna get twenty dollars. Yeah, everyone's gonna get twenty dollars. It is so funny. It is me. <laughs> it, like, like, even if you. Don't think defunding the police is the way to go. Like this laughably small, this this uh, this sum of money that is a joke that is that could never be mistaken for enough. Even if you believe that there was an amount of money we could spend to reform America's police. <laughs> <laughs> idea that, like, it would be, like, $300 million, which is nothing. Literally 5% of the NYPD's yearly budget. Yeah, which is, yeah.
1: what, $6 billion? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, the next one down is LA, which yeah. is $1.7 billion, yeah. and, yeah, it is such a
0: jump between... <laughs> but, like... I mean all that he is doing is just saying i don't support defunding the police i also don't support doing anything <laughs> anything no, yeah. else giving them 300 giving every police department like uh a hyundai was jacob baccarat's right. joke about it because yeah. that's what it comes out to yeah exactly uh it's like such a joke and just really giving the lie to like the the well the important thing is voting right now hilarious or, like, vote or i mean there was a very funny thing of like Uh, this, like, white woman in, like, Los Angeles and there's, like, people, like, tagging walls or whatever, and she's like, you're helping Trump right now! (laughs) (laughs) Don't you see you're doing Trump's bit? Like, just people are, like, whatever, tagging shit. Yeah, right. um, (laughs) But, like... Joe Biden's not going to do shit about this. He's broadcasting that he's not going to do shit about this. So if you're saying like, well, the most important thing is getting rid of Trump and the most important thing is voting, you're basically just saying you shouldn't care about this issue. That's right. Because we're not going to do anything about Joe Biden being president isn't going to do anything about police brutality. No, it's, it's gonna only it going to make it worse. Right. All he's ever wanted to do is militarize the police more, give them more money, and in this moment, he's saying, I still want to give them more money, but. Don't make any mistakes, not like an amount of money that could change anything right Only yeah. a, a very small amount of money that will just you know allow the status quo to continue but but I mean the only thing that the 300 million dollars would do is show that he's not for defunding the police yeah. It will it, it would actually affect nothing in any direction because it's such a laughably small amount of money. <laughs> I saw someone else tweet like Joe Biden, every American should give one dollar to the police that's so funny. <laughs>
1: fucking loser
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> who was it Pixelated Boat who did the uh, Simpsons uh, snapshot that's um, uh, Homer learning to box and Moe is telling him no you're not that kind of boxer what you want to do is just stay there keep standing up until your opponent gets tired from over punching yeah. and Pixelated Boat was like I think it was Pixelated Boat was like how is this the democratic strategy and it works <laughs> you know Joe Biden, unbelievable. Did you see any of his Trevor Noah appearance
0: last night? Um, it's not worth I going into like o- I saw like a one minute clip of it. Yeah,
1: right. Um, it's just Trevor Noah, you know, laying this up for him saying, what do you think about defunding or doing anything at all, Joe Biden, to reform the police? Trevor Noah, who, right, you know, said like, maybe we shouldn't be using rubber bullets, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should try some metal in the bullets. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, right. Uh, yeah, I mean Trevor Noah is one of the this most ghoul, yeah, yeah. ghoulish, disgusting. I mean, this is what he is for is to like, you know, say we need a we need a, a compassionate police or whatever, right?
1: Yeah. Uh the the ability of jo- so yeah, Trevor Noah is like, can we do anything here? Uh just like very softly. And Biden's like, no. And Trevor Noah, you know, for his entire like response brave. is yeah. like nodding vigorously through it like a moron.
0: Yeah, they're they are in because I mean, for a lot of reasons, because this is what they believe, and this is what they've always believed, right? But also, they are terrified of being labeled as, like, you know, they're they're imagining 68 in their uh, heads. And yeah. Like, when Nixon was, like, the silent majority who wants oh, law yeah. and order, right? And it, uh, they're terrified right. of possibly being seen as, like you know, against law and order or whatever.
1: Yeah, right. And uh, Biden's response to Rodney King was the 94 crime bill. Yeah. So his response to this is going to be the exact same tack. Uh, It's just going to be more policing. Uh, The Justice in Policing Act that the Democrats used their kneeling moment to introduce is likewise a complete farce. It is an absolute joke. Uh, it does absolutely nothing. Most of what it calls for, like the eight t- eight to deliberate plan, uh, you know, is already stuff that is in police rules.
0: Yeah, uh, we, were about about yeah we were talking about eight can't wait last week, and we were talking about how, like, well, a lot of cities already have a number of these in place. And it's not making a difference. And I said, I'd like to know right. how many Chicago says... Uh, they have in place and we found that out this week. All of all them. of them. Lori Lightfoot is like, Yeah, this is a great plan. We're already doing all of yep. them. We already banned chokeholds. Yep. Uh good thing there's nothing on this A hey, can't wait about black site prisons or uh political assassinations or yeah. drug trafficking. Yeah, right. Torture. Uh, yeah, but no, we're doing all of these. Yeah. Uh it's so absurd and insulting. Yeah. And I mean like banning chokeholds is one of them. Uh Eric Garner was killed by an NYPD officer doing a chokehold. At at the time that that happened, the NYPD had already banned chokeholds. That's right. So the idea that just making more rules and, you know, banning things uh, will have any effect without some kind of massive overhaul of the police uh, is absurd, and everybody knows it.
1: Yeah, it's insulting. And the the one thing that is not like that uh, in the Justice and Policing Act is supposed to be this demilitarization bit— which is a joke. I have read the text of that part of the bill, and it most of it is spent talking about how if you are going to get military equipment for your police department, you need to let the public know within 30 days. Yeah. And you need to, you know, let, the, let, uh, let city council know. Uh, and there are some pieces of military equipment, like armored drones, and uh, what's the, like, M-POW, like the, the trucks that are supposed to be uh, grenade-proof and uh, IED-proof, M MRAPs, MRAPs are supposed to be banned for police departments, but it's a joke, it, and they know it's not going to pass. It's not going to get through the Senate, which is Republican-controlled, and Trump has pledged to veto anything close to this. So, you know, this is not even close to an original point. This happens every time the Democrats do their bill. Why would they not ask for the world here? It's because they don't want it.
0: And I mean, it's the same story as uh, the like joke relief package that exactly. was a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, they. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's everything, right? It's like the whole intervention they took to to rout Bernie Sanders. Like they don't, they don't. Their biggest fear is that they they might be in a position where they have to deliver on something.
1: Yeah. Right. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, they want to lose, they want to be uh, ineffective, um, because then people will vote for them. That's their entire strategy. Uh, how could they be the lesser evil if they're not evil? So... Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, they're just going to paint black lives. yet yeah, like the the response to the, you know the uh, radical uh, the Chad Chaz right versus the Virgin DC commune. Yeah. Uh, the way that Bowser in DC, uh, Mario's eternal nemesis, has uh, you know used this moment is so disgusting uh mayor bowser in dc was the one who painted black lives matter on 16th yeah. avenue leading up to the white house which
0: now everyone is doing like bill yes. de blasio is doing it yeah too and, and renamed
1: a piece of the street to black lives matter palisade yeah. or whatever uh yeah as if you know yeah it's the place de la black lives matter uh, and yeah. you know, it
0: is literally uh, the Tim Robbins in the hot dog costume. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're, all find yeah, did we're all trying to find the guy who did this. We're all trying to find the guy who did this. And she was just on NPR because she did the Black Lives Matter in yellow on the street, and then actual Black Lives Matter activists came, and they... Because she did this bizarre symbol at the end. Bowser painted this, like, two lines, follow, like, uh, on top of it was, like, three stars. It's, like, 13 in Mayan numerals. I don't know, like, what's what's the deal there? But uh, Black Lives Matter uh, activists came and painted over in black the, the yellow stars, so that Black Lives Matter was left with this two lines that look like yeah. it's an equals. And then the Black Lives Matter activists wrote Black Lives Matter equals... Defund the police, which is something real. Yeah. It's not renaming something to Malcolm X Boulevard, right? Uh, and, you know, uh, Bowser got asked on NPR, do you plan to defund the police in any way? And she said, not at all.
0: Yeah, right. No,
1: in fact, she's raising the police budget by something like 45 million, maybe 145 million. The numbers don't even matter, yeah. right? She is just increasing the police budget by a, an ungodly amount.
0: Uh or like the that Jacob Fry guy.
1: Yes. Uh who, in like, Minneapolis. That
0: Pete Buttigieg knockoff. Oh, who, that was a
1: great scene.
0: Yeah, and they're like asking him if he could defund the police. You wanna know something embarrassing?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh he went to my college. Shut yeah. up. Was he in your year? No, he's like 41. <laughs> oh my god. He's like the Pete Buttigieg uh boy face kind yeah. of thing. Um, but I'm embarrassed to say that like uh you share an alma mater. All the worst fucking people in America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like was like I was like sure he like went to Harvard or something. I was, no. Like, no, he went to my college that <laughs> produces all the like worst like goons of like the deep state. Yeah, so. right. He
1: probably uh, was in a <laughs> skull and bones equivalent with uh, yeah. uh, Anthony Weiner. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> he probably watched CP
0: with Anthony Weiner. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Weiner didn't go. William Mary by the way. <laughs> i thought he was john stewart's roommate yeah but not in college Oh, okay all right uh
1: (laughs) when they went to the george soros's open society (laughs) grad school
0: (laughs) Uh. yeah he jacob fry uh was like really incredible video of just everyone booing him and telling him to eat shit and doing the game of thrones shame thing uh because he said he wouldn't defund the police Yeah, right. Which also, I should have known from that that he didn't go to Harvard. Because if he went to Harvard, he would have just been like, yes, let's defund the police. Everyone applauds, and then he goes back to his office and doesn't do shit.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Like, that's what, you know, Pete Buttigieg would have known to do that.
1: Um, But speaking of Pete Buttigieg and of (laughs) the D.C. Commune, uh, which is everywhere now, right? Like, de Blasio's doing it, too. Just one more of these uh, psyops that I wanted to talk about was this: uh, the new, new revolutionary Black Panther revolutionaries.
0: Uh, yes. In Atlanta. Uh,
1: there's more coming out about this right now. This stuff just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. A lot of people might have seen these pictures of this woman, uh, you know, particularly this one woman, uh, dressed up in a Black Panther kind of uniform, knockoff, uh, with a couple of guys with, like, berets and in, you know, military garb around her. And she goes by Queen online. And, uh, then this picture of her arm-in-arm with a police, uh, Uh, came out. She's just like arm-in-arm with this cop, and he's smiling like a hog in filth. And uh, people were like, what the fuck is this? And there were rumors that they were the new Black Panthers, who are a, you know, reactionary nationalist, anti-Semitic homophobic uh, hate group, who most of the original Black Panthers have denounced. Uh, But they're not, and some people said they were like the revolutionary Black Panthers, which is a different uh, splinter group out of Atlanta. But it, it seems like they're not, and then they said that they were the black panther revolutionaries at some event but like that's not really clear what that means and so it it turns out uh they're all instagram models and actors and like peter said earlier like you can be a model or an actor and be an activist but this you go through their insta pages yeah right this is the first time they have ever done anything like this Uh, so who is paying them so, like, where are these people coming from? And uh, this person, I don't know if... Uh, we've talked about him, I think, or them uh, before on this uh, podcast at Measure... X, uh, at Measure 7 x is the Twitter handle and back is the Twitter name. Uh, this account who, like, think, you know, uh, like, I take a grain of salt because, like, they think the gray zone is a CIA op. Like, they think everybody's CIA. But I think they're usually right. Um, they pointed out that, like, one of the... So the Beret guy that we talked about earlier, uh, Paris Howard, like, his buddy in one of his speeches tells people to Google the Orange Revolution.
0: Whoever well, does not know what the Orange Revolution is Please look it up. Look up the Orange Revolution and be fully informed. One more thing, guys. If you do want to continue marching marching with us, I have an Instagram page you can follow.
1: And says, like, educate yourself on the Orange Revolution, which, like, that is a color revolution. That's a CIA-backed regime change operation. And Colin just sent me this in the last couple minutes. Uh, so, so this is the Champagne Sharks, uh, account is tweeting, can someone help me with something? Is Black Lives Matter a 501c3 nonprofit or not? I'm hearing that it is a uh, for-profit corporation or LLC, but that it partners with ActBlue, uh, for donations, uh, and there's this thing on their website. It says Black Lives Matter INC. So they're not a nonprofit, then, right? And back starts to comment and is like getting into this uh, and says, what's with them changing their name to the Community Unity Foundation in 2016 and then switching back to BLMF in 2017, which is Black Lives Matter Foundation in 2017? Search results don't have unique URLs, so search here. And yeah, there is this thing... Certificate of Amendment of Articles of Incorporation of Black Lives Matter Foundation. Uh, I guess this is a different thing from these, like, you know, n- you know, new new Black Panther revolutionaries or whatever. But yeah, there is so much fucking weird shit going on. Uh, who knows who's an op or like what's going on? Um, I want to be careful about like get, what Fed jacketing people or whatever. Um, and there's that thing where, like, I, I retweeted this, like, Mark Ames, because I just uh, subscribed to Radio War Nerd. I, like, took the plunge, and, uh, I listened to their episode on, like, Gene Sharp and regime change and color revolution, and there is some weird stuff going on now that is, like, very reminiscent of color revolutions, uh, particularly, I don't know if you saw this video of this person stenciling the raised fist. Yeah. That's an Otpor thing. That's a color revolution thing that, like, started in Serbia and, you know, moved to Georgia and Ukraine. And I saw Mark Ames retweeted it and said, Gene Sharp comes home. And there are a bunch of reply guys on here saying, like, yeah, you know, this revolution's getting co-opted already. It's already a color revolution. And the comments from the kind of exile, exile crowd like Yasha Levine and Mark Ames are more nuanced. They're saying things like, Uh, you know, it'd be funny if Gene Sharp were still alive and came out to disavow these tactics as not for use in a democracy. And Mark Ames says, a lot of well-organized opportunists gonna go to try to co-opt what's going on, keep an eye on them, but so far they're full of shit. To me, when he says Gene Sharp comes home, I think he's talking about the possibility that these are actually regime change tactics that have genuinely blown back on the U.S., that they used the CIA, the NED, uh, the regime change machine used these tactics to destabilize countries all over the world, and now people are finding that they actually are very useful in the kind of police state we have. Uh, So I am really torn between, you know, uh, and it's not like I'm torn even, I'm just waiting to see what are the results of this. Is this something that is genuine blowback, or is this something that is... Uh, much more co-optation and should we be watching out for this? Interesting.
0: Shit? Could, do you feel like you can explain the color revolutions a little bit?
1: A little bit. So Yeah, I don't
0: have a good I don't have a strong enough understanding of them.
1: I really want to have Marcy Smith on the podcast. I don't know if she would come to like our Podunk podcast or whatever, but Marcy Smith wrote the definitive biography uh in in short, on Gene Sharp's uh, you know activities from a left perspective, uh, it's called Change Agent. Uh, so I re- I'm going to post that in the description. People should read that and listen to the Radio Warnerd episode. I think they do a good job. Mm. But this is something that, uh, like Gene Sharp, was the it is understood as the father of the academic. Uh, discipline of examining nonviolent political action, and he was totally bankrolled by the government and the CIA uh, and made his career through, uh, you know, so he, he was uh, uh, positioned at the, like, during the Vietnam War, he holed up at the Center for International Affairs at Harvard, which you might notice has a familiar acronym the Center for International Affairs at Harvard. Uh, It's, like, all this kind of, you know, skull and bones, like, tongue-in-cheek jokes and shit like that. The Cube
0: and The Star of David. Yeah, literally, yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, The Black Cube, right? Yeah. Uh, Which, like, is a private intelligence firm. Um, Yeah. But so he was at the CIA at Harvard and like his research was really bankrolled by the U.S. government uh, and he wrote the book – From Dictatorship to Democracy is his big pamphlet – and he wrote the book on doing so-called nonviolent regime change. Uh, I don't think he used the term regime change as much but he is basically his politics are basically libertarian he sees uh, the he's dead now but he saw the centralized state as the main evil in the world uh, and so dictatorship versus democracy is his whole dichotomy uh, which all leads to markets having power um, and you know there's all this stuff at the CIA at Harvard they would talk about like project Camelot was this uh, you know rolling out of nonviolent uh Uh, political action to destabilize dictatorships, and people called it the Manhattan Project of political... Uh, Change. And uh, Gene Sharp actually worked personally closely with. uh, So when we talk about color revolutions, this uh, starts with the Serbian Otpor kind of related uprising against Milosevic, uh, which I don't think was assigned a color, but every revolution after that, like the Velvet Revolution or the Orange Revolution in Ukraine. That's what these people are saying when they're saying, Google the Orange Revolution. That's the like 2004, 2005. Revolution in Ukraine, uh, Georgia, um, Lithuania was where, you know, mostly these former Soviet bloc countries that often became former Soviet bloc countries because of Gene Sharp's influence. Uh, These are the color revolutions, like the Saffron Revolution in Burma or Myanmar uh, was one of these as well, and Gene Sharp was heavily involved in that, helped, uh, you know, people in uh, Venezuela try to overthrow Chavez, Um, and, like, so the color revolutions, like, in Lithuania in particular, that was like the ground zero for this when the Soviet Union was collapsing, partly because of this. Uh, Gene Sharp like worked personally with Lithuanian nationalists to teach them nonviolent resistance tactics to destabilize the regime enough to collapse the Soviet control of that area. And the minister of defense in Lithuania uh, is reported to have said, I am more grateful to have Gene Sharp's uh, book of of pointers uh, than I would have been to have the nuclear bomb. Yeah. So they understand this as a weapons system, right? That has been developed for that purpose. And it is all about destructive revolution, not constructive revolution. Uh, and so all of these color revolutions, and that's what that's what color revolution kind of stands in for is an emptiness in terms of ideology, right? What is the orange revolution? Orange doesn't mean anything. Neither does saffron, except for this association with Buddhist robes, right? Velvet is supposed to I think Velvet was the first one because it was. Was supposed to be, like, a soft revolution. Yeah, bloodless. and the Velvet
0: Revolution was against the Czechoslovakian communist
1: regime. That's right, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it's important to remember all of these revolutions basically take advantage of or involve, uh, you know, to use a more neutral description, genuine grievances that people have against their governments. Yeah. But this, alter- you know, the people, when they took polls of uh, uh, Soviet citizens toward the end of the Soviet Union— You know, 90% of people in Ukraine wanted to stay in the Soviet Union. Most people want, the majority of people wanted to stay in the Soviet Union. They didn't want the society to collapse. They just wanted drastic reforms. Right. But this is a, these color revolution strategies are ways to destabilize a dictatorship, which is in their terms something that you cannot go back from. No reform will ever be enough. For this kind of system, it's beyond the pale. So, you know, you have to start to ask yourself, is this a weapons system that is appropriate for this moment in the U.S. in some ways? Like, you know, the question is, like, what does a color revolution in the empire look like? Does that mean—does a color revolution always mean neoliberal revolution by definition? Is it already poisoned from the get-go and can only lead to, you know, extremist libertarian neoliberal
0: revolution? Also, what you said about the color revolutions not really being for anything in the sense that that there's no political program or party associated with them. That's right. Or leading them.
1: That's right. Uh, Decentralization is key.
0: Right. So, I mean, so they're about legitimate grievances that people have with the state, but they're not, there's not a, yeah, there's not a political party directing them or there's not a... There's not a str- yeah, political infrastructure around them. Yeah, I'm the communist in the compass going, but there's no vanguard party. <laughs> but but I mean that's the thing we don't have any alternative, right? Because there is no real left in this country. That's there, right. There is no left infrastructure for to for a uh, uprising to prom- like there is no party to be the to direct protests or protect project um, an uprising. I think the most you can hope for is that this uprising might lead to that infrastructure forming. Right. Yeah. Uh, Which is kind of the 1905
1: hope. Right. Right. And I'm I'm kind of torn between. And this is what I mean, too. You know, uh, I heard this said once that, like, when we talk about tactics, we are talking about strategy on some level. And, you know, when I'm talking about uh, color revolution tactics, whether, you know, Gene Sharp kind of weapon systems are useful here, I'm also talking about, uh, you know, I'm torn between two and a half maybe predictive models for this moment. One is the kind of Matt Chrisman who's been going through this
0: whole weird ecstasy. Yeah, he, he's been very interesting lately.
1: The Matt Chrisman, uh, and like not just him, but this kind of online lefty take that is, this is 1905 in Russia, yeah. uh, and we need a liberal revolution to lay the groundwork for a socialist revolution. We talked yeah. about this last week. Yeah,
0: or I think the idea being that, you know, it was a spontaneous thing that caught everybody by surprise. yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, you could say that like there were liberal reforms that came out in 1905, but like, more than that, it those reforms weren't meaningful. They didn't do anything really. And yeah. they, were, they were then repealed in like the next few years. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And
1: so it actually could be a really good, you know, yeah. the understanding of that was uh, from an orthodox Marxist perspective, this is not a capitalist regime. It can't have socialist revolution right now. We're not advanced enough. Uh, so because we are a despotic feudal regime, we need some kind of liberal reform movement first. Um, which at least like was given a lot of life in 1905, though it didn't drive that revolution, right? And like, are we in that position? I think we kind of are, right? We are kind of a despotic feudal regime, but we're also <laughs> a neoliberal regime. Yeah. And we are post-liberal in all these ways. Uh, and what we've talked about from capitalist realism, this kind of, uh, what, is it, um, like pre, what, what is it, like pre... What is it, like pre-absorption or what is it? like
0: Incorporation. Yeah, incorporation
1: and pre-corporation. Yeah. uh, Like, is this a kind of uh, place where there could be radical reforms that would lead to—that wouldn't be sufficient that would lead uh, to—like we talked about CPAC, you know, that CPAC could be a radical liberal reform that would lead to abolition in the end, uh, in the next phase. Or would the neoliberal order find a way to, uh, uh, you know, incorporate that critique and— Uh, We've been hearing people say that defund doesn't actually mean defund or abolish doesn't actually mean abolish. It means hiring an army of social workers. And we're not going to have – Joe Biden has said this. We don't need to put people in jail for uh, drug addiction. We need to put them in mandatory rehab. Yeah, right. Uh, Or, you know, Lakeshore Psychiatric Facility in Chicago is this, you know, uh, torture site that is a prison for people with mental illness or people who have, uh, you know, been assigned that label. Are, are we just going to, is the new social worker and, uh, you know, health facility, mandatory health facility army just going to lay the groundwork for a more complete and efficient totalitarianism? I think that's an open question. But then we're not even going to get those radical reforms. That's a pipe dream. Yeah. So maybe it's not even worth talking about this shit, except for in these fringe, uh, you know, really extreme corners of the country, like Minneapolis and Seattle, where there is some, uh, you know, things have just reached such a breaking point from the breakdown of neoliberalism in, like, Amazon's hometown, that we're seeing some progress. I think it's all an open question now.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's leave it there. I think that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's very interesting. And um, yeah, we've been going for a while. Yeah, we're, this is such yeah. a long episode. I'd be we, down to hang out for a little while, but I...
1: Cool. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, all.
0: Yeah. We'll uh, we'll keep talking about this.
1: Yeah. See you next week.
0: See so, ya. Yeah. My own shortcomings, that I know there needs to be deep-seated, oh, 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 In terms of power, the the systemic,
1: the racist system needs to be revamped. The okay. police union needs to be put in its place. We, know. we need to make sure that everything from the union contract to the way that the arbitration functions, to you the way that the officers and the culture of yeah. the department behaves, yeah. 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 Jacob, we have a personal
0: Jacob Frye, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no? Will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? <laughs> yes or no? Right.
1: Get the fuck out of here, go! Go home, Jacob, go home! Go home, Jacob, go home! Go home, Jacob, go home! Go home, Jacob, go home!